0: Hello
1: everyone, I'm Christine Bentley here with Kate Wheeler and you are listening to What She Said on 105.9 The Region. Today's show is brought to you by Meridian Credit Union, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Now we're kicking off the show today talking to Adrian Clark, the editor-in-chief of Locallove.ca, which is the United Way Greater Toronto's new digital magazine.
2: The site focuses on local change makers, simple ways to give back, challenging ideas, debates and more from around York Region, Toronto and Peel Region. Today, we're talking giving back made easy. All the answers to the questions you may have or maybe you don't quite yet about where and what you can donate to make a difference. We're also going to have a chat with Paul Hartman and Alan Park. Both are
1: fearless cannabis activists who are going to tell us how cannabis contributed to the
2: management of and recovery from cancer and more. Mm-hmm. Film critic Ann Brody will have the latest movie and TV reviews. And I'll have a chat with my former colleague Dan Carter, who was just elected the new mayor of Oshawa. Currently Dan is mayor-elect. Dan received about 69% of the ballots cast. His story is inspirational, and I actually think it is the story of the election. We'll talk to him about his transition from a homeless alcoholic and drug addict to broadcaster, motivational Speaker and now mayor elect. And closing
1: the show in our live studio sessions, we have pop duo Twin Rova, mm-hmm. who are going to be performing their debut single, Bad Decisions, in our live studio
2: sessions. And it is actually the first time it's ever been performed. Yes. Wow. Um, and it is contest time. So if you are looking for a better brunch, we found it for you at Draco Restaurant. It's inside the brand new Toronto Marriott Markham mm. on Enterprise. Boulevard. All your delicious brunch favorites, plus signature cocktails every Sunday from 10 till 2. Now, it's easy to reserve on opentable.ca, and we're giving away a free brunch for four for the next three weeks. You can enter now on WhatSheSaidTalk.com.
1: And last weekend, we gave away a copy of Robert Bateman's Canada to one of our lucky listeners. Congrats to Jessica Barnett from Newmarket. Now, don't forget, Robert Bateman will be at select art galleries in Newmarket on Sunday, October 28th from one to 4 p.m., and it really does look like it's going to be a great event.
2: Yes. Um, Georgia Pantelides, the owner of mm-hmm. Select Art, says that he uh, takes time to meet everyone, talk to everyone, mm-hmm. sign your books. Yes. And even awesome. if it
1: says 4, and there's still 10 <laughs> people there, he'll stay till 7 or whenever. Now, don't arrive at 4,
3: mind you, but... Yeah, that would be a bad yeah. plan. She said- Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. To contact the show, go to whatshesaidtalk.com.
0: Meridian's three-year escalator GIC can help you save for a bucket list trip. In the first year, earn 2% interest. In the second, 3%. In the third, 4%. Those escalating savings could be the difference between this trip and this trip. Visit a branch or meridiancu.ca today to get started. Meridian, saving for a better life while living your best life. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply.
2: Looking for a better brunch? We found it for you at Draco Restaurant, inside the spectacular brand-new Toronto Marriott Markham on Enterprise Boulevard. All your delicious brunch favorites, plus signature cocktails, every Sunday from 10 till 2. Take our word for it. You'll love the space and you'll love the food. It's easy to reserve now on opentable.ca or call 905-489-1400. Elevate your brunch Sundays at Draco.
3: This is 105.9 The Region.
0: Would she say- She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable.
3: Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Joining
2: us now is Adrian Clark, the editor-in-chief of Locallove.ca, the United Way of Greater Toronto's new digital magazine. Now the site focuses on local change makers, simple ways to give back, challenging ideas, debates, and more from around York Region, Toronto, Peel Region. Welcome back to What She Said. Thank you so much. Now today you want to talk about giving back made easy um you're going to help us answer some questions we might have or maybe we don't yet about where and what we can donate to make a difference because this is the time of year you know that everybody starts to think about giving back and a few easy ways we like to do it including food banks but you've got a rundown for us on what food banks and shelters really need so um Starts
4: taking away. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Uh, well, I'll start by saying, first of all, uh, food banks and shelters, they appreciate everything that they get. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, 100%. But there are always things that they need that are maybe in lower supply and people don't always think about donating to them. So, you know, you see those big bins in your grocery store and you might throw a couple of extra things in your Cans cart. and, and then, stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we actually went and spoke to... Um, Neil Hetherington and Neil is the CEO of Daily Bread Food Bank. Mm-hmm. And although Daily Bread is focused down in the GT in, in Toronto specifically, they have a very similar structure to the Markham Food Bank as well as the Food Bank of York region. So they bring in lots of donations into one central location and then they distribute to many different programs and agencies mm-hmm. that are doing things like community meals as well as actually directly people can pick up groceries, if you will, at the right. food banks and go shopping and pick up the things that they need. So we spoke to Neil and we said, sort of, what are the things that you don't get and you do need? And we were kind of surprised by what he said. But the thing that I think struck me in that conversation with him, um, when I saw the interview come in, it was actually Amy Valm, one of our writers, who went and spoke to him. But she brought back some really interesting information that made me reflect on what I tend to put into the bins. So I'll go and I'll pick up, you know, a couple of boxes of craft dinner, maybe some pasta, some pasta sauce, and all those those things are really important and important staples of what the food banks provide. Mm-hmm. The things that they don't often get are the things that you would typically think about shopping for your own family. So I started to think about what I put in my cart would be the same things that I'd feed to my own family. So they might be things like, for example, if you're looking for canned fruits and vegetables, which they always need, getting the ones that don't have sugar added. So don't buy the fruits, the canned fruits with the syrup. Mm-hmm. Buy the canned fruits that are packed in water or the vegetables that don't have extra salt added because really this is about access to healthy Healthy affordable food so it's not just food it's healthy food
2: I always um do things like uh, tuna, salmon, or uh, protein foods, lentils, even
4: fantastic, absolutely, and those are things they absolutely need. So, tuna is a hot ticket item. Sardines, huge, mm-hmm. needing sardines. Really,
1: you would think. I mean, most people I know wouldn't touch a sardine.
4: I love I sardines, love sardines <laughs> but I lots hate of sardines. So when I saw it on the list, I was like, "You can uh, have my sardines," yeah. but I love liver,
1: you know, and people yeah. yeah. hate that. So, uh, so I, I sometimes wonder about too. my. Choices, yeah, but I I, like for example, this is interesting because I would never, I don't like canned vegetables or canned fruit in any form. Mm -hmm. Forget the syrup, Mm -hmm. absolutely, you can't give anything fresh. Um, because it you, doesn't, it, it it has a shelf life.
4: It does have a shelf life. So the food banks do receive lots of fresh fruits and vegetables from farmers in the region and mm-hmm. the area. And for example, if you're not giving maybe a donation of food to the food bank, um, another way you can help out is actually to volunteer at the food banks. And I got the chance to do that at Daily Bread, and it was a hoot. We had a great time. I went with a couple of girlfriends. You get to wear some pretty sexy hairnets. I gotta say. And we got to work in the clean room. And the clean room is where all those fresh fruits and vegetables come in. You um, peel them, you chop them, and then they get either frozen to be distributed to some of those meal programs that I spoke about earlier, Mm -hmm. or they actually do some actual meal prep at Daily Bread. And people can come in and have meals at Daily Bread. And some of the other uh, food banks I know do similar types of programming. And they actually cook. They do cook, yeah. They have an enormous industrial sized kitchen. You can go in there and eat. Yes. Or no? Well or I don't know. I, I, yeah. I think you'd okay. have to yeah, exactly. Wow. But I, I think what the and staff can actually go and have their meals there who work at Daily Bread can That's go have true. their meals in the cafeteria. And of course, um
2: cash, donating money helps Huge. the food bank because they can yep. put it where it's needed. Maybe diapers, exactly. maybe feminine hygiene products, things that are expensive Huge. that we don't think about. Yeah. But let's talk about some of the other um other places. Uh the Furniture Bank of Toronto. Tell us about that.
4: Oh, this is more like if you've got stuff. I know a lot of my girlfriends recently have been reading that book. I can't actually remember the title of it, but oh, you know the thing. Rid of all your yeah, get rid of anything that declutter. doesn't give you joy. Yes. Um, so uh, what they are doing is sort of divesting their lives. They're simplifying their lives. So what do you do with those things that you've got left over? There are great organizations that we are our immediate go-tos. Things like Salvation Army, Diabetes Canada mm-hmm. will come and pick. up up. the things right from your home. But there are a lot of other organizations that are also doing great work that are also options. So Furniture Bank, uh, they will pick up as well for a small fee, but they actually provide that furniture to people who are transitioning maybe from shelters or or other sort of temporary housing into full-time housing and full-time homes. And these really help them make their homes, things like beds and some tables. of the
1: questions I've heard from people, too, are donating and then finding out that it's being sold. Mm-hmm. Sometimes so, it is sold,
4: absolutely. So
1: they're, they're kind of saying, no, I want to give it to, to an organization that gives it.
4: Uh, for not, sure. Not sells it. <laughs> uh, well, when you think about something like Salvation Army, for example, so what they do is they do resell the items that they're able to resell, and that money comes back into the Salvation Army to fund many of the programs that they provide that are free of charge to people. So oh. you see them doing things like handing out meals. Um, well, Goodwill actually is not operational in, in Toronto anymore, yeah. but um, Salvation Army still working. Diabetes okay. does something very similar. And there's another great organization actually up in Newmarket um, mm-hmm. called um, Step Up or Steps, I guess, is their short mm-hmm. form of their name. And Steps to Recovery is their full name. And Steps to Recovery actually also has donation bins all around the region, particularly in the northern part, where you can drop off textiles. So, you, uh, you know, any of your clothing or small household items that you don't want anymore. And what Steps also does, which I, I love, is that they also provide Training, employment opportunities for people oh. who are coming out of treatment programs for addiction, mm-hmm. and I think that's fantastic because when you you know what it's like when you have a job, it's more than a paycheck; it gives you a sense of purpose. And this other one I love,
1: mm-hmm. Free Geek Toronto. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. I've got cell phones and whatever. I mean, I I don't know if they take cell phones, but
4: laptops they take. Yes, and, and they take everything and refurbish it.
1: Yes, yep. but these are also people living with mental illness.
4: Yes, and they do. Training and employment opportunities what a wonderful there as well. Idea, yeah. So talk about return on investment. I mean, yeah, give one thing and it does two. Yeah. Now the other, the, the children's book bank. I yep. take all my
2: children's books when when they were moving out and going to university. I went down there and it's a fabulous uh, organization that distributes. Um, thousands of books to children in low income communities.
4: They absolutely do. Yeah. And they also have sort of a library set up in Regent Park where the kids can go in and actually enjoy the books in this sort of quiet setting with uh, really staff who just love books and love reading. And we know mm-hmm. the importance of that. And sometimes those kids are living in areas in the city, especially those low, some of those low income neighborhoods where they don't have ac- easy access to the library. So the kids can't just kind of walk there on their own. And mom and dad might not have enough money to be able to purchase just those books to create their own little library. So Children's Book Bank actually gives those books out for free, Aww. and that means those kids get access to those great stories.
2: Now, up here in, in Markham, there's also the Markham Textile Recycling Program Bins. You yes, can see those. you
4: can see them all over the place, and the great, the best way to find out where those bins are is actually to go on the City of Markham website. We can provide all those links to you guys to be able to throw up on the site or yeah, in the blog. On our blog, because yep.
2: there's a list. You, you've got 15 great uh, great places here. We can't go through them all. Christine and I have uh, done work with uh, Dress for Success, which is a women's organization, but now there's Dress Your Best, which also helps Men suit up for job interviews literally I guess
4: (laughs) quite literally yeah so getting suits and ties and getting you all ready for job interviews or maybe it's your first job so these are often men who aren't in a position to be able to afford a new suit Mm -hmm. and maybe they're not finding the right things in some of the other um, used clothing stores and so uh, this organization certainly helps them get ready for their jobs and be able to be successful
2: and quickly one last thing before we we have to go but Mm -hmm. major retailers um, including the North Face Uniglo H&M will accept clothing for recycling or donation, either their own pieces or from other, other stores. They'll take them in. 100%.
4: Too. I'd give them a quick call and make sure that the staff there at the stores know about that. <laughs> but the organizations do support that and will take those in.
2: Okay, so That's wonderful. Tell everyone where they can go to learn more about what you're doing. Uh,
4: absolutely. So join us on locallove.ca. We also encourage everyone to subscribe for the Good Newsletter. So the Good Newsletter comes out once a week. It's um, a little something special it in is. your inbox. Um, it's just good news for the most part. So when you get a little bit tired of hearing what's happening in the big bad world and you feel like maybe everything's out of control, uh, the Good Newsletter gives you a dose of hope and good news. Adrian, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so oh, much for having me back. Such
1: a feel-good conversation.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again.
3: What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say, be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply.
5: Dear Diary, it's day 15 and I still can't seem to figure it out. How can Hill Street's alcohol-free beer and wine taste so good? A. They've invented a new undetectable alcohol. B. They're straight up lying to us. Or C. They're wizards and each drink is infused with the blood of dragons! I think I'm onto something.
6: Hill Street Beverages. 0% alcohol, 100% taste. Available at fine retailers across Canada and
3: at hillstreetbeverages.com. This is 105.9 The Region.
0: What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable.
3: Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Joining us now
0: is
2: Paul Hartman and Alan Park. Now, after finding fame with Royal Canadian Air Force and confronting mortality with a killer cancer diagnosis, Alan is now a fearless cannabis advocate Paul Hartman is the brother of the late SNL of Phil Hartman, and both have become renowned cannabis activists who speak publicly about how cannabis contributed to the management of and recovery from prostate cancer. So, Paul, can you please tell our listeners why you turned to cannabis as a potential cure?
7: It was simply personal statistics in my life. I had six friends that were diagnosed at the same time as I was. I had, in California, spoke frequently to food groups, uh, the Slow Foods Movement, at my farm. I had a 150-acre certified organic farm in Southern California. And I started into the process. I knew I was having a problem. It took months to get diagnosed. And in that process, in the first six months, I lost half of those six people. Hmm. And one, after her very first chemo treatment, it killed her. She was a business partner of mine. And then a client of mine, John Ravnik, a brilliant recording artist from Norway, um, part of uh, the Norwegian uh, Paul McCartney and John Lennon writing duo called the De Presleys, (laughs) and um, lost these people so fast, it was mind-boggling. And by the time a year and a half had gone by, I was the only one alive. And I knew that I had to go a different way.
2: So, Alan, you were diagnosed with stage four terminal yeah. prostate cancer with no option for conventional treatment. Mm-hmm. And you were surviving on opioids. What what happened? To well,
8: that? I don't know about the phraseology of surviving, but basically, yeah. So I had been deteriorating uh, through the course of 2013, um, which was odd because I started at probably the best shape of my life. I had spent a couple of years going to the gym four or five times a day to... Try to change my, you know, look and appearance to to continue in show business. Having Mm -hmm. been on Air Force, Mm -hmm. CBC's Air Force, not Air Force. Don't want any Air Force people thinking I was with (laughs) Um, So anyway, while I got to the point where uh, it was just getting worse and worse all year, I wasn't getting the diagnosis from my doctor that I needed just more tests that were showing that everything was okay. And when I finally was diagnosed at end of November, um, it took five weeks to learn that it was going to be a one-year deal. But on Diagnosis Day at the end of November, they said um, it's aggressive advanced prostate cancer that's already metastasized into a lot of places in your skeleton. And we'll have a a specialist uh, contacting you very soon to start treatment. And so very soon turned out to be well after I just started using cannabis oil. And it's not smoking a joint will cure cancer or another straw man argument. It's a nutritional compound that's been so intensified as – the coca leaf is intensified to cocaine mm-hmm. as cocaine is intensified to crack and so forth. You've done this with an entire pound, a whole plant of cannabis that could smoke and wise last you a long time. But you're going to take this down in 90 days using a little tiny dose, building up the tolerance. And it's a nutritional deficiency reversal. Hmm. Okay. So I still have cancer. I'm, I'm not going to die in December, 2014. That's for sure.
2: <laughs> Four years after. That's amazing. That, that is incredible. Absolutely. Uh,
1: you have concerns about the government's harm reduction campaign. Yeah,
8: I think it's good that they're doing it. But it, uh, it tells us that they've studied the field. They know a lot of things. And they've realized they have needed to come up with Millions of dollars to, indo- or sorry, educate, or no, I'm not, I'm sorry, it was indoctrinate people <laughs> with information that they say they don't have enough research, but then they do because they've just put out harm reduction. And logically, which we don't really teach much in schools now, that means that you've studied the whole field and you understand that there's only bad stuff about it, so... Harm reduction, don't have kids using it. Let's, we know it's going to happen, but here's how to walk them through it and talk to them like parents. Totally wrong way to go. You tell them it's a nutritional supplement. You tell them it's been out of our food chain. You see, the CBDs that everybody's getting excited about right mm-hmm. now were being eaten by the animals on the farms, and then we ate those pork chops, those chicken eggs, et cetera. So you think we're. When they illegalize that, it, it's no longer deficients. in the food chain. And now we have generations of people going by. Imagine trying that with vitamin C and all of the Grove, secret Grove operators with like illegal, you know, grapefruits and et cetera. So they've denied us what we need as a food because we're sitting there. Our bodies are sitting there waiting for it and our endogenous systems waiting to suck it up. And it's not there. And we're going deficient. So put a pin in the map where cancer got bad. And I know we've had industries. Etc., mm-hmm. making mm-hmm. us sicker with chemicals. But now we're, we're less able with our immune systems to so, deal with it.
1: So when you see that going back into our diet, mm-hmm. let's say, yep. what do you imagine the effect's going to be besides bringing cancer levels down?
8: Well, never getting there in the first place, ideally. And then you've got a plummeting in costs of the health care system because we're all worried about, oh, if we're going to legalize cannabis, it's going to cost more for the police. No, it's not. That's an arbitrary decision. But what will plummet, and you're not talking about at all, is the lowering of health costs. They're talking about mental health because our ideas differ with theirs. But look at their legislation. I mean, clearly the legislation that they put together for this parented by the police chief, is nothing more than a, a symptom of fetal alcohol syndrome, really. I mean, the whole legislation itself is not sustainable.
2: Paul, you believe personally that all cannabis use is medicinal.
7: Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, it, it in the 60s, you started using a, it. It wasn't about getting stoned. It was about enhancing experience. And that's one of the things that happens with THC and the other cannabinoids and the combinations that they come in cannabis. You have uh, an intensifying of experience and an ability to perceive things from other directions than you normally would.
2: That sounds more spiritual.
7: It is very spiritual. It's what they use when they say it affects the brain.
8: It's not really affecting the brain. It's altering perception and you can see things that a person like yourself would hear and go, yeah, you're and
7: right. It, yeah, it's, and then you get to the topic of impairment, right? From that point of view, it's not impairment. It's it's just a different viewpoint. And, of course, you can get impaired. You can overdo anything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but for the greater part, particularly for people like Alan and I who had to consume so much of it, it's all almost impossible for us to get high. Right? Dumber. It's just like <laughs> – Oh, great. Now I don't get high wow,
2: but that's, that's wonderful. I'm you know? cured. My cancer yeah. is under control. Like that. But I'd that's... like to get high.
8: But that's, that's the great point, though, is that when you take so much in, and we know someone that's taking 50 grams of mushrooms a day, that's like 10 heroes' doses a day for facial pain, and it's working really well. And I asked her, and she said, no, I don't even get high. I can't get a mushroom trip. can't get high anymore. And so we're making jokes like that's too bad. But my posit on this is that we're completely inverted. Had this endogenous system been going, and you're filled up. You're topped up with it you're topped up with it see so if you don't drink for a long time and then you have one champagne say you you can really Mm -hmm. get on the sky because your tolerance has plummeted but if you have the proper amount of these nutritional cannabinoids and you're always hitting that level anyway and that's what you're at when you're taking a gram a day you're not impaired
1: what what level what would you what would you recommend people take for daily vitamin well
8: i'm in in an extreme situation where i'm making sure i don't fall back into a stage four terminal so i'm not everybody who isn't diagnosed yeah to avoid it I'm sorry. The question.
1: Like, what should you? What? How much should you have? Like, it's
7: like. Oh, yeah, sure. Grams of vitamin C. It, 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 it's about what your body can tolerate. Like, you're a very small woman, right? You you need to start out very slow, and build so up. So, how many the, pounds do
1: I have to? Boil down.
8: <laughs> no, you would only have to boil one down. It's the the powerful medicine itself. The let's leave the medicine powerful. We're talking. Oh, Was it got yeah. THC in it? Yes, it has everything that it needs to be in there. It's a whole plant broken down, so it's all in there. And you gauge your dose to be tiny. Very tiny. And you gradually build it up so that the intake, your body's going, oh, this, oh, okay. So the first couple of times, the first couple of times you'll be taking a tiny dose this large and you'll be kind of impaired. You will. But as you build a tolerance, then you'll be taking a gram a day and not be impaired at all.
7: And that's why the legislation about the driving is on its face. And the side effects are like this. When you get deep into the experience, you experience a whole lot of things aside from the relief of cancer The metabolism regulating ability of cannabinoids is mind-boggling. It's literally Mm -hmm. a reset for the systems that regulate. Right. They use the word homeostasis. It puts your body to that. So it
8: doesn't cure the disease. It puts your body at the place where it is at its strongest and most able
7: to deal with oncomers such as
1: disease. And obviously strengthens the immune system. Yes, exactly. exactly.
7: It's part of the immune system. It's the most powerful anti-inflammatory you can take. And I'll tell you how I found that out. In the process, three weeks in, I'm higher than all get out for three weeks. I sit down at the computer, lose eight hours. Holy shit. It's 4.30, right? Um, and uh, all of a sudden, my thought clears. And I'm going, what just happened to me? It was like somebody cleaned house on my head. I'm talking to my doctor, and she goes, well, it's the most powerful anti-inflammatory you can take. And when viruses get inside the blood-brain barrier and they die off, they relieve, release neurotoxins that cause inflammation in the brain. As soon as that inflammation is gone, fear, anger, depression... Apathy vanish from your mind. Imagine that.
1: I'm I'm trying
2: to imagine that. Now, um, Alan Park, you have a podcast.
7: I do, yes. Tell people how
2: they can listen.
8: They can go to YouTube and we were scared they were we were going to be lost on YouTube, but we managed to to ride it out, and now YouTube is okay, uh, <laughs> okay. or was that Facebook? One of them. So we're hanging on by our fingernails. But uh, YouTube, just go to YouTube Green Crush, or just go to at Green, Green, Green Crush? Crush Pod, at Green Crush Pod, at Green one Crush word, Pod. and you'll find there our social media and access links to the shows of which we have done sixty shows over the past year and a half on the way to this. Awesome, filled and, and- with. Uh, exactitudes in predictions by the way
7: so I'm very happy to listen to some of those again
2: <laughs> cool now uh, Paul, people, Facebook page, Paul
7: Facebook page Facebook page for me yep. Paul
2: Hartman well, uh, fascinating stuff thank you so much for joining thanks us thanks for
7: today. having us in thank you thank you
3: what she said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler we'll be right back
0: Meridian's three-year escalator GIC can help you save for a bucket list trip. In the first year, earn 2% interest. In the second, 3%. In the third, 4%. Those escalating savings could be the difference between this trip and this trip. Visit a branch or meridiancu.ca today to get started. Meridian, saving for a better life while living your best life. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply.
5: Uh, Excuse me, everyone. Now that I've discovered Hill Street's alcohol-free beer and wine, I've decided never to settle for anything less than the best. Linda, I will no longer eat your home-cooked lasagna. Dave, put your guitar away. You're terrible. And Janet, I'm leaving you. That's all. Please continue the funeral service. Hill Street Beverages.
6: 0% alcohol, 100% taste. Don't settle for anything less. Available at fine retailers across Canada and at hillstreetbeverages.com.
2: Looking for a better brunch? We found it for you at Draco Restaurant inside the spectacular brand-new Toronto Marriott Markham on Enterprise Boulevard. All your delicious brunch favourites plus signature cocktails every Sunday from 10 till 2. Take our word for it. You'll love the space and you'll love the food. It's easy to reserve now on opentable.ca or call 905-489-1400. Elevate your brunch. Sundays at Draco.
3: This is 1059 The Region.
0: She's powerful, wonderful, honest, and lovable.
3: Now back to what she said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler.
9: Well Saturday night at 8 o'clock. I know where I'm gonna go. I'm gonna pick my baby up and take her to the show.
2: Yeah! Joining us now for Saturday night at the movies is film critic Ann Brody and today we're starting off with Melissa McCarthy's performance as Lee Israel the Hollywood biographer turned criminal in Can You Ever Forgive Me? I don't know this story.
10: Well, oddly enough, I was a wrangler on the Joyce Davidson show and she came on as a guest but I I don't remember much about her. So what happened? Melissa McCarthy first of all, plays this dramatic role so beautifully. She's going to get a nomination for sure. And we know that she's a comic actor first and Mm -hmm. foremost. So this is real. It just looks like no effort for her. So anyway, Lee Israel was booted off uh, the New Yorker because she's just so rude and mean, just a horrible person, um, defended everyone. So, in order to augment her, her well, make any money at all, she decided to forge letters from famous people mm-hmm. like Dickens, Lincoln, all the, and she did a beautiful job of it. She became them, she wrote the way they would have written or thought. Mm-hmm. She perfected the, the, and she made a fortune. And then she carried it a bit too far, and she was discovered. Mm. So, you know, her character is just so intriguing. Though, uh, she makes one has one smile that's not sarcastic in the entire film. She's such a guarded person, and so vicious. Everything that comes out of her mouth is mean, and you don't expect it from Melissa McCarthy. Maybe that's the reason why we put up with this character. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Somehow, somehow, she gets us in the heart. Belle Canto?
2: Yeah, you don't expect Julianne Moore to be an opera singer somehow. But how
10: is she? <laughs> she's not. <laughs> Someone else provides the voice. Good. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you, I, and I'm watching, I'm like, I'm watching her voice. And I, yeah, see, she's not moving the, the muscles properly. <laughs> oh, sorry. So she plays, it's inspired by a true story that happened in Paraguay. She plays a world-famous opera diva who uh, goes to a private party for industrialists, Um in, in South America. And Ken Watanabe, the fabulous uh, Japanese actor, is there. It's his factor that he may build. He thinks it's it's too poor in the area, too unstable politically. So anyway, they're all none of no one's too happy to be there. She phones Rage says never bring me here again. So she's singing. It just sends chills up your spine and in come the gorillas. <laughs> Take everybody hostage. Oh oh. Yeah, she refuses to sing for them. And then over time you see how the hostage victim relationship shifts and changes. It's it's pretty interesting. I don't think it's the greatest film ever made, but it's certainly an interesting idea. And Julianne Moore, God, she's so stunning. I mean So is Christopher ca- Lambert. <laughs> he's I thought too, right? he disappeared <laughs> on <his face laughs> of the map, and there he is. Yeah? And he actually plays the piano. Oh, really? Yes, indeed.
2: Oh, well, it's nice to know he's multi talented. I'll I'll add that to my dreams. <laughs> <laughs>
10: you can play You'll piano be playing you. the piano all the way cruelly. through. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, no. Um,
10: speaking of uh, opera. Uh, Opera yeah, two opera stories. Yeah. Holy cow. Maria by Maria Bicalis. This is a biography, an excellent biography, uh, documentary. Her own words. So snippets of conversations that she had over the years with various interviewers. Um not particularly a nice person, very mm-hmm. entitled. Uh she was, I think she still is the world's leading best known opera singer
1: I wish my father were alive he would he would love this he mm. was he loved listening to her he loved opera
10: well everybody did and there were so many scandals in her life she had bronchitis and she actually went on stage and had to leave uh, halfway through and um, she was Raked over the coals for doing that, but there was no, she had no choice. Anyway, as you know, she was with Aristotle Onassis. She says nine years. I looked it up. It says two years, so who knows? And he, behind her back, no word, he married Jacqueline Onassis, mm-hmm. Jacqueline Kennedy, and uh, her heart was broken. I guess she was never the same. She died young. Very interesting. And the music is just stupendous. Room for Rent, a quirky comedy. <laughs> <laughs> a, a really low-budget comedy about a guy who wins $3.5 million while he's in high school. And you know the statistic. After three years, they're broke, all these mm-hmm. lottery winners. So after three years, he's broke. He's bought a lot of neon signs. He's bought waterbeds. You know, he's he's <laughs> He must invested... have bought an awful lot of water beds to go through yeah. $3.5 million. Well, he dollars. also invested in a company that keeps your umbrella dry, and he didn't know how to manage that. <laughs> so that died. So he's in his parents' spare room... And and uh, father loses a job, and interesting reason why. Um, so somebody comes to rent a room there, and that's when the trouble begins. So there's some great lines. Um, how's Jared Butler in Hunter Killer? Because he hasn't He's been He's better than usual. Lately. He really tones it down in this one. He plays a commander of a hunter-killer, which is a kind of submarine Mm -hmm. um, that has many warfare uses. So what it is, is they have all this high-tech. The whole Barents Sea is full of high-tech, underwater, overhead, everywhere. And a pair of binoculars shows them um, that the men loyal to the Russian president, who's at this remote uh, docking station are being murdered and thrown into the sea, and the president's taken away in handcuffs. So Gerard is told to rescue him. So that's
2: that's that, that's yeah. the plot line.
1: Yeah, you okay. know, you would in, in regards to your comment, this is his self-produced. Maybe he's not so good at the self producing This is a thing. Uh, okay. This is
10: a thing. Yes. Some people like Reese Witherspoon can do it. Other people can't. <laughs> Other people who think they don't need uh, opinions.
2: Okay, and <laughs> if you want more of Anne's opinions, you can find her movie and TV reviews up now on whatshesaidtalk.com. Thanks, Annie. You're welcome. What
3: Connect with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler at whatshesaidtalk.com.
2: When I first met our next guest, he was the oldest intern I'd ever seen, hanging around the late-night newsroom at CFTO with a thirst to become a broadcaster. Zip forward a couple of decades, and I was hired to help launch Channel 12 News, then on checks in Oshawa. It's now Global Durham. The boss there? That intern, Dan Carter, who is now Oshawa's mayor-elect. Dan, congratulations. So happy for you.
6: (laughs) Thank you very much, Kate. I love the way you set it up, the oldest intern. And, and you're absolutely correct. Uh, I, I was the oldest internet but, at CTV and CFTO. But I
2: want you to tell everyone what Ken Shaw said when you told him your dream of becoming a broadcaster.
6: It was quite funny because if you know Ken, you know he has a great uh, sense of humor. And he, he kind of knew my my backstory. So um, I had a, I had a, a dyslexia. I have a learning disability. And, and uh, so I wasn't a great reader at the time. And so he said to me, so let me just get this straight. He said, uh, so you're in your thirties. And I said, yes. He says, you know, you usually start in this industry a little bit younger. I said, no, I understand that. And he said, and you're losing your hair. I said, yeah, I know. And he goes, you know, this is all about, you know, what you look like. I said, oh, I know that. And he said, you know, there's a lot of reading on this. And I said, yeah, yeah, I know that. And you can't read that well. I said, no, no, I can't read that well. Okay. Um, well, good luck. <laughs> it was just, you know, how how better. And you know what? He um, he's still a friend, and he has been a huge mentor, friend, and encourager. And it's uh, he's he's been um, he's been incredible to me, like you. And uh, I've been blessed in my life to have great people around me.
2: Um, you have, but that's not even half the story. Um, We've we've heard a lot. I mean, I I believe you are the story of of the recent election. Um, But I I want to tell people a a little bit more. Let me recap. Back to the beginning. Your mother died suddenly and the youngest two of her children were put into foster care. You were the baby and you spent time being shuttled between foster parents and children's aid until Isabel Carter said enough and adopted you. Things were looking up for a while. Uh, You've mentioned your dyslexia problems at school. Your parents thought giving you a paper route would help you. But as an eight-year-old paper boy, you popped in to escape the cold at a neighborhood gas station where you were raped by a stranger, telling no one for decades. Then when you were 13, your older brother, Michael, a police officer, I believe he was 28, three children, was killed in a motorcycle accident. And it was at his wake you had your first drink, trying to forget all the pain. By 17, you were drinking heavily. You were also addicted to cocaine or, as you say, any drug you could get your hand on. You lived in the park at Bathurst and St. Clair in Toronto for a while and worked the car wash there. If anyone, Dan, can empathize with people struggling with demons, it's you. Would you say empathy is your greatest gift?
6: Believe it or not, Kate, um, it's taken me a long time to be able to come to terms with all those events that have happened in my life. And I had to make a decision either way. I had to make the decision that uh, my creator and, and in my belief, my God, either is somebody that is dark and vengeful or he's loving and caring. And if I drew the conclusion that um, he was loving and caring, that that means that the events that I went through in my life, I was put through those events in my life because of the reason that I was to prepare uh, to serve differently. And it was one of the ways that I I think I finally come to, to realize um, that, you know these events have shaped who I am, and I think um because now in my my role for the past four years and the next four years, I think it gives me an opportunity to have empathy mm-hmm. I think it gives me the opportunity to have have compassion I think it has um, it's prepared me to give individuals hope, and i've been saying this to a lot of people. Well, you know, the greatest story out of what's transpired over the last four years and hopefully the next four years is recovery is possible. People, uh, when they give forgiveness, um, when they give people an opportunity to make amends, when, when we are able to truly be able to face our past and be able to try and serve for no other reason except for we want to serve at the very highest level and mm-hmm. take those experiences to help others, I think it brings out the very best of us.
2: Well, I know the date everything changed for you because uh, June 16th, 1991 happened to be my 30th birthday, so it was kind of burned into my brain. But that was the day your sister Maureen finally got through to you. What did she say?
6: She just, she said to me, you've got a choice here. And she slapped me so hard. I always tell the story. She hit me uh, on the side of the head and I, I my ears still ring from it. And she said, you've got two choices here. You either sober up or you die, but you do one of them well. And... It was the first time I'd ever seen this wonderful, caring, loving um, sister finally just hit the breaking point where she just had enough. She said, you know what, we've all had a hard life. We all lost Michael. Um, you know, we've all gone through our own hardships in our lives. Um, you don't have the right uh, to impact our family any longer and you're going to have to make a decision. And it was the very first time that not only was I scared and convinced that it was my last day on earth, But it was also the very first time I could see that my sister was dead serious when she said, you have those two choices, make uh, the the choice, the right choice and Mm -hmm. do it well.
2: Well, it wasn't easy, but clean and sober, a few years later, you managed to break into broadcasting and enjoyed a career as a Durham local news and talk show host. Fun times, Dan. But I got <laughs> to tell you, Oshawa politics was a blood sport then. So what did you think in 2014 when your wife, Paula, challenged you to run for council?
6: You know what she um um you know me too and and um part of it was is that she finally said, you know you 've been back and forth in this, and people have asked you to run you know provincially, mm-hmm. and uh you 've turned it down and and you know what you 've got to either stop talking about it or you've got to start doing something about it and you know what I think that what she did is she took the fear out of me just trying, and I think you know the one thing that I credit my wife with. Uh, tremendously, she sees things in me that I don't see, and I think because of that, I think that um, it really pushed me to make a decision to step up. And I was, and Kate, honestly, uh, you know this uh, personally. The first election, I was absolutely floored um, mm-hmm. that that people elected me and the amount of votes that we got, and I was just absolutely taken back, and I was so humbled when I came into the campaign office. Uh, four years ago, and they told me that I had the third highest votes, uh, first time guy running. Um, I broke down and cried. I just I couldn't believe that the community was going to give me a chance to be able to serve at this level, and it's been the most rewarding four years of my life.
2: Dan, you got seventy percent of the vote for mayor.
6: Yeah, I know. I know it's it's crazy, but you know, again, as you know, I think. Um, I think people see that I'm authentic. People see that I'm a broken individual. People see that um, that they can really relate to my own journey, but they honestly believe, and I honestly believe, um, that I was prepared for this moment to serve in this role mm-hmm. because of the challenges and the hardships that we've had in our community. And I just think that the community has placed a great deal of confidence in me, but it also is charging me with the duty to be the best mayor that possibly can be uh, for our city. And that, that, that's, a, that's a heaviness that I clearly understand that it's being charged to me.
2: So what are the key issues for Oshawa? We, we know poverty and homelessness are, are, are big concerns. Um, more recovery clinics and shelters have been promised by, by some candidates as a response to the opioid crisis. But, but what do you see as the key issues?
6: Well, Kate, like every community across Canada, I mean, Canadians are facing harder and harder times to make ends meet. And the affordability factor of communities, uh, health-safe vibrant affordable communities is what all of us should be striving for but I've said to everybody um, for a long period of time Oshawa's finances were struggling um, for some past decisions and we don't Mm -hmm. blame anybody for that we take responsibility and what we do is we try and address them and I've been committed as the chair of finance over the last two years I took over for the late Nancy Diamond that passed Mm -hmm. away very suddenly and I was her vice chair before that Uh, but the principles of truly being able to pay our debt down build our reserves continue to invest in our city and make sure that our impact on every household is minimum as possible i understand that you know it's not just our 1.8% tax increase uh, that we may send somebody it's 13% on hydro it's 14% on education it's 10% on on transit it's it's you know food costs it's all these things that we have to take into consideration so Um, To be able to build a healthy, vibrant community, it has to be a a community that is also affordable for every walk of life Mm -hmm. and they demand the best services. So our finances are first and foremost is a strong foundation. The other issues in regards to poverty, homelessness, this opiate crisis took 4,000 deaths across Canada. I just met with 12 of the top agencies from across Canada last Tuesday and said, what is it that we're not doing that we need to do to be able to address the issues here in our city? And I'm confident that along with our staff and our senior staff, along with the agencies that are providing services in our community, and along with my personal experiences, I believe that we will be able to serve that population um, in a real positive way as we move forward over the next four years.
5: Now,
2: council, I believe, was reduced from seven to five. Is that right, Mem?
6: Um, It was changed. Changed. So we had, originally, we had seven representatives on our regional council. Mm -hmm. We lost two seats. So we have five local councillors and five regional councillors. So the makeup is different. Um, In 2014, we ran at large. And now we ran into a ward system, mm-hmm. um, so that has changed also. So each ward, five wards, we would have one regional representative and one local representative.
2: Right. So, and you've got some uh, new members. You, you are a, a, a team builder, a consensus uh, reacher. How How are you looking forward to working with your new team?
6: well i mean it's there 's a couple things you 're absolutely correct i, I it's it 's going to demand the best of collaboration partnerships and also leadership that is going to be demanded of me over the next four years. We have returning members that have served our city in the past, which we 're really grateful for because they have great history heritage and, and experience that it brings to the table. We have new members that have never served before, and we have um, kind of mid term kind of Uh, individuals that have served but not for long periods of time. So the makeup is going to be really, really interesting. Mm -hmm. Making sure that um, we're able to tap into their skills, their abilities and their giftings, make sure that they're in the right position so that they can succeed and serve the public at the very highest level is going to be really, really important over the next uh, 45 days of putting people in the right seats on the bus. And if we're able to do that, I think our committee structure will be strong. I think our, our strategic plan will be able to move forward. And I think uh, the members that have been elected will see that the work that they're engaged in is truly going towards their giftings and their talents, and they'll be able to serve at the very highest level.
2: Now, you also launched the Day of Hope and Leadership. That's a fabulous event. What happens to that? Can you can you be mayor and, and run the the inspirational event too?
6: Well, um, we, uh, we've had to make some changes there because uh, my role and responsibility mm-hmm. has changed dramatically. But, Kate, I'm really pl- pl- pleased to be able to say over 10 years, we raised over a million dollars for our Hope Center of Learning in the south end of Oshawa. And I'm really proud of that. We ran it for 10 years. We um, helped develop and shape uh, leaders from all across Canada. And we have now, um, we've got a new approach with uh, Day of Hope and Leadership, and we call it 2.0. And it's a smaller kind of approach to it, but it's our organization with the same philosophies and the same ideas, but on a smaller kind of way. We used to have uh, 350 people join us on the Day of Hope and Leadership that paid almost $300 a seat. We now do what our breakfast and lunch program um, where we uh, take about 90 minutes of people's time, feed them, have a keynote speaker on a theme based, try and empower, encourage, and equip leaders. And that's our new approach. We're going to be doing that four times a year, and we hope to raise um, the, the, the necessary funds to be able to keep our, our center moving forward because it costs about $100,000 a year.
2: Wow. Now, Dan, when I was working in Oshawa, I was sometimes overwhelmed by the number of people asking me daily for a handout. I wanted yep. to help. Every single day, I saw you slipping people a fiver, but sometimes I didn't have the cash. Sometimes I prejudged them. You taught me a very valuable lesson about what to do. Do you remember what you said?
6: Um, you'll, have to, you'll have to refresh my memory. Well,
2: it was how to di- about how to, how to approach people. If you didn't have yeah. the time, if you didn't have the, time, yeah. didn't have the money, you always had a smile and to talk to people.
6: The, the biggest thing I learned, Kate, when I was on the streets um, um, was you become invisible. Um, you really believe that nobody cares about you, that the life you've got now is the life you will always have, um, that you are truly walking in a place of, of uh, invisibility. And what I found was, when you look people in the eye and you smile, and even if you if you can't help them financially, um, you you tell them have a nice day. And and some of them say thank you very much and move on. Some swear at you, and you just kind mm-hmm. of take that for for what it is, because you understand that they're struggling day to day to try and make ends meet. Um, and then, um, but you know, it's not. It's not the act of giving, it's what happens to our heart when we do it. And I think what happens is it brings the best out of us. And that's the challenge that I've been putting forward to our whole community. You know, this is a time that has got different challenges in our community. And what it is demanding of us right now is not only the best out of its elected officials it 's demanding the best out of one hundred and seventy thousand people that live in our community. That means we have to find empathy thats means that we have to serve that means that we have to work with our faith communities. That means that we have to find ways of better understanding the struggles that individuals that either have a mental health or an addiction issue or displaced or face poverty. This demands all of us um, to be part of the solution mm-hmm. and I think Uh, when leadership believes in it, when leadership uh, demonstrates it, I think great things happen in the community.
2: Well, Dan, thank you for teaching me a simple life lesson, one I've passed on to my children. And from the bottom of my heart, congratulations on a much-deserved win because I don't think anyone could love Oshawa more than you. (laughs)
6: Thank you very much, Caden. I have to say this, that I had the opportunity to work with you and I learned a great deal from you. And I got to be absolutely honest with you. I enjoyed our time together and I'm just very, very happy for your success in your show. You guys have done an amazing job and it's a great show and uh, you've surrounded yourself with great people. So it's always a pleasure. Have a glorious, glorious uh, uh, day.
2: Hey, Dan, have a great day.
6: Thank you. Bye. Bye. This is
3: 105.9 The Region.
0: Meridian's three-year escalator GIC can help you save for a bucket list trip. In the first year, earn 2% interest. In the second, 3%. In the third, 4%. Those escalating savings could be the difference between this trip and this trip. Visit a branch or meridiancu.ca today to get started. Meridian, saving for a better life while living your best life. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply.
5: Dear Diary, it's day 15 and I still can't seem to figure it out. How can Hill Street's alcohol free beer and wine taste so good? A. They've invented a new undetectable alcohol. B. They're straight up lying to us. Or C. They're wizards and each drink is infused with the blood of dragons! I think I'm onto something.
6: Hill Street Beverages. 0% alcohol, 100% taste. Available at fine retailers across Canada and at hillstreetbeverages.com.
2: Looking for a better brunch? We found it for you at Draco Restaurant inside the spectacular brand-new Toronto Marriott Markham on Enterprise Boulevard. All your delicious brunch favourites plus signature cocktails every Sunday from 10 till 2. Take our word for it. You'll love the space and you'll love the food. It's easy to reserve now on opentable.ca or call 905-489-1400. Elevate your brunch Sundays at Draco.
0: What she said, she's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable.
3: Now back to what she said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler.
1: listening to is Bad Decisions the debut single by pop duo Twin Rova welcome Devon Moody and Andrew Falcao to what she said
11: thank you very much for having us thank so you.
1: tell us how you two got together
11: so uh we used to play in a uh, pop punk band called July together uh, we were together for about eight years uh and then we kind of just have been writing songs together ever since and
1: uh you got rid of the other folks uh, <laughs> not, not
11: necessarily got rid uh, no, kind of just, mean just that. yeah it' just... it's sort of uh, so we had a drummer um, and he's actually a full-time music producer uh, so he was booked up for like the next two years. So he kind of just had to do his Thing. his other passion and yeah. we wanted to continue on doing what we were doing. So
1: that band just wouldn't have moved with the same momentum yeah. without him. So So what about Twin Rova? Where did that name come from?
11: Yeah, so it's sort of nerdy. Um, Is I, it a party
1: story? No,
11: it's not actually. No, no. It's actually the opposite. Uh, so I grew up playing a video game called Zelda, and it's actually a boss from the video game Zelda. That's It was called Twin Rova. And I always thought, ever since I was a kid, I was like, what a cool name. That would be such a cool band name. So... Uh, we took out some of the letters uh just mm-hmm. to avoid copyright issues. Uh-huh, uh huh clever. Yes, yeah, so but that's where it's from. It's actually from a video game.
2: So you're going to yeah. perform your new single for us in a minute but tell us what it's about.
11: Yeah, it's uh it's a song actually, it's a true story uh, about my best friend who it's just, uh You're it's, laughing. Yeah. True story. <laughs> true story. My my best friend uh was in kind of like a casual relationship that he knew it uh, wasn't going to work, but he just kept falling kind of back into it. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, it was kind of him explaining to her, like, I just can't like resist when you're around. And we keep doing this, and I know it's a bad decision, but I keep making it. So that's sort of, I took that line and, um, and just wrote the lyrics to that.
1: And how many people have not done that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Relatable. Relatable. Yeah. <laughs> totally relatable.
2: <Yeah. laughs> so what's next for you guys?
3: Uh, away, I mean,
1: uh, yeah, we're doing we're doing this today, and then after we're kind of just getting our live our live show ready. Mm-hmm. This technically would be our first time performing like as a as a duo. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we're cool. We're,
2: we're really debuting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's awesome. Which would
1: be a little different because like typically live we'd have like our backing and a drummer and that right. kind of thing. So we're getting all that sort of uh, in order, um, and then also we're we're still writing and getting a couple other uh, things ready to go back to the studio with. So
2: so when, where can people find you online?
11: Uh, so facebook.com slash twinrova uh, T-w- yeah. Yeah, T-W-N-R-V-A mm-hmm. um, and then uh, pretty much just at twinrova on Twitter and uh, Instagram as well YouTube okay. and YouTube yeah alright yeah. never
2: forget YouTube <laughs> well thank you very much for joining us today that is it for what she said we will be back again tomorrow at noon right here on 105.9 The Region and singing us out now in our live studio sessions here is Twin Rover performing bad decisions.
9: Do what I can give to yes, never enough. Never make a promise that you can't break. Why can't we have some fun without falling apart? People should have told you not to risk your I thought this relationship was purely physical. I wish that I was honest from the start But can't we keep those things we do? Locked up in my room, girl I hope you know that I'm sorry I never meant to lead you on Or to break your heart, love It's not what I envision I just make these bad decisions Are you feeling the tension? Alright, let me be honest, babe You are just not the one I cannot reciprocate This is not our fate Thought this relationship Was purely physical And when I took return Your cause and you just let it go I guess I got it wrong And this is all my fault that I was honest from the start. Why well, yeah, can we keep those things we do locked up in my room, girl? I hope you know that I'm sorry I never meant to lead you on or to break your heart, love. It's not what I envision, I just make these bad decisions. Never meant to break it, I didn't want to fake it But I keep on making these bad decisions I never meant to break it, I didn't want to fake it But I keep on making these bad decisions Why can't we keep those things we do? Locked up in my room, girl I hope you know that I'm sorry I never meant to leave on or to break your heart love it's, it's not what, what I envisioned. I just make these bad decisions I meant to break it I didn't want to fake it but I keep on making these bad decisions girl and oh, all I just make these bad decisions